on? We in the building, man. This is Dr. Frozen Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. Um, coronavirus edition, man. We only going to go for an hour tonight. Because to tell you the truth, I'm not really in the mood to talk about nothing, man. Um, but I'm just here because, you know, the people, you know, the people want to hear some stuff, man. So um, we're going to talk, talk our talk. Um, I was just sitting back. And I'll say, well, since the coronavirus and all this stuff is, you know, taking away our sports, um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have a um, pre-coronavirus World Series. We're going to have a pre-coronavirus NBA Finals. We're going to have a pre-coronavirus NCAA Final Four. And, um, you know, get into it, man, and, and, and have some fun with it. Because, um, you know, everything's eventually going to come back. Um, but my thing is, you know, um, if you started in on time, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, now we never know when everything's going to come back. So, you know, since people like to, you know, um, have fun with it and, and kind of predict what they thought would happen, that's what we're going to do next week, man. We're going to do that next week. We're going to have our pre-corona virus championships and all that good stuff. Then we could talk about, um, you know, looking forward to everything coming back. Um, one thing I was, you know, talking about earlier today with some people, man, was um, as we look forward to, you know, college football season about that, you know, you'll pop off at the spring, you know, camps and spring games have been canceled. Um, you know, the NFL draft is still allegedly going to take place. Um, you know, everything's going to get pushed back. So we just, you know, talked about it. We said, what if the college football season ended up getting canceled? You know, I mean, it's already a hardship on the kids that, you know, were dealing, coming out, um, you know, this this past season, you know, your tours and, and your Jalen Hurts and those guys. Um, but this, this uh you know, coronavirus pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it, um, is is really, really, you know, affecting a lot of stuff. It's over it's been affecting stuff. But now we're starting to see, you know, in reality, you know, um a lot of things getting, you know, canceled and postponed. Um the twenty twenty Tokyo Olympics are postponed this week. Um that event was you know supposed to take place like a month before the start of college football season from, you know, July 24th to August the 9th. Um, and I think that, you know, they made the right decision. That, that was, you know, basically um, something that's waiting to get the official word that, you know, things are going to be canceled. Um, I think the main objective now is trying to stop the spread of, of, of this coronavirus, man. And I hate to even talk about it, but it's taken over everything, you know, um, you know, it's just taking over life, man. It's 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 a it's a fact of life now. So we have to deal with that. Um, and I think that you know, with people talking about a lot of things being canceled or pushed back, um, you know, we we talked about you know what happens if the 2020 college football season um, was canceled or if it was even a, a drastic reduction in the games. You know, um, football, you know, everybody loves football. They can't wait for football. They talk about football and baseball season and basketball season. Um, and college football as an enterprise, it's accounted for over $6.5 billion in revenue. 
And I think that, um, you know, in general, when you talk about, you know, athletic budgets of these schools, 80% of FBS athletic budgets are made up of football revenue. So I think that, you know, when you talk about planning and, 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 you know, making arrangements and things, especially in something that's going to affect a whole lot of people and a whole lot of money, um, this thing is going to be definitely, um, you know, dealt with in the next couple of weeks. You know, um, I think, um, you know, like I said earlier, spring practice and the spring games are already canceled. You know, um, some players have, you know, went back home so they can, you know, uh, do what they need to do or study remotely. Um, you know, nobody's really doing any heavy recruiting, you know. Um, so I think that, you know, in, in places like here in New York, man, it's, it's, it's really, really crazy how um, stuff has just come to a standstill. And nobody knows when it's going to come back. That's the question. You know, um, when you talk about things that may be um, paused or canceled or suspended, you know, it's easy to talk about. But when it's actually games canceled, leagues, seasons suspended, um, now you're at the worrying stage. And what I mean by the worrying stage, it's like, when is everything going to come back? You know, you have to you know, make sure that your, your people, and when I'm talking about, I'm talking in the case of college football, your, your, your players and uh, your coaches and your uh, uh, coaching assistants and you know, all of those people, you know, are going to be able to assemble before, you know, um, camp begins in the fall, if it begins at all. There's some coaches talking about they're ready to have a, you know, a modified season. What does a modified season mean? You know, 10 games, 8 games, 9 games, what what does that mean? You know, so again, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of conversations about it. Um, you know, they, 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 they want to wait until the last exact minute where they can, you know, have to, you know, cancel things and because things are getting pushed back every day. Things are getting pushed back every day, you know. And I, I would give an example of one school is Georgia, the Bulldogs, Georgia Bulldogs. They have a $176 million athletic budget, which is the sixth largest in the country, all right? Um, and basically what that means is football is responsible for $141 million of that 176, which is 80%. And again, for them to lose that is, 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 is crippling. It's going to be crippling. And, you know, what are you going to do? You know, and, you know, I'm, I'm not even thinking about or, or considering the, um, the rivalry games or anything like that. I'm just considering, you know, thinking about these kids. What are they going to do? The seniors. So now it's going to be this year's senior class, you know, the tours and those guys, and then next year's class who might not get to play at all. Um, and then here goes the other part. Who's going to buy season tickets now? Who's going to buy these season tickets to these games, to these, you know, to these college football games? Shout out to all the, the sponsors and, and, and all of that, 
you know, shout out to all of them. But, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty, man. And when you talk about canceling a season, you know, uh, four or five months ahead of time, then you know it's serious. You know, and that's the last thing that the NCAA wants to do. I mean, you know, they've gone through enough already, you know. And, again, it's nothing It's it's nothing anybody can do. It can't be helped. So, at the end of the day, man, you just have to kind of hope that, you know, everybody's, you know, healthy and can come back and, you know, have their spirits up and things of that nature because you don't know when this thing is going to be over with. And that's the that, – that's the – the part that, that really, you know, is, is the mystery. You know, we already know that we have to deal with it. That's fine. That's okay. Because we've been dealing with it. You know what I mean? But moving forward, we're now, because, for example, tomorrow, we're supposed to be the opening day of the baseball season. So how does baseball deal with that? I mean, baseball's dealt with, you know, a shortened season, you know, with player strikes and lockouts and things of that nature. Um, and, again, you know, 162 games, you could cut that down to 140, 130, 125 if you have to, you know. But, um, again, man, it, it, it's it's just something that, you know, nobody really expected to have to deal with. I mean, I guess it's in all of their – um, manuals or, you know, for disasters and, you know, um, you know, acts of God or whatever. But man, listen, I, I just think that, you know, now it's, it's, it's starting to be real for these guys. And when I say these guys, I mean, um, upper management, you know, in all the leagues. So now it's, you know, it's real. Um, remember the NBA strike? You remember that NBA strike? Yeah, I remember it. I mean, you know, they, when they came back from yeah. that strike, they still managed to do 82 games. I mean, it was like no time off, but they managed it. Right. So, so again, I think that, you know, they could, it could be done. I heard somebody was talking today, some owners were talking about, you know, um, have seven inning doubleheaders. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're not trying to lose no money. They are not trying to lose any money. They're trying to get this thing, this thing in. And the idea of having seven inning doubleheaders, that, that to me is, I don't like that. You know, baseball's a nine-inning game. You know, Little League is six innings. I get that. You know what I mean? But in, in the spirit of trying to get all the games in, a seven-inning, you know, doubleheader, it still doesn't mean anything to me. It feels like it feels incomplete. Um. So I, I just feel like, you know, they're trying to, you know, you know, figure this thing out. And I'm not mad at them for trying to figure it out. But, you know, seven inning doubleheaders, the World Series on Christmas, it's, it's, that's not going to work, man. That's not going to work at all. So my thing is, and this is just me personally, and you can let me know how you feel. I'm on Twitter at RMDesk. We got the um, After Further Review uh, Facebook group popping. Um, what is your opinion and what do you think? I got my man Wacko Bob in the building holding me down behind the board. What do you think about them just saying, you know what, we're going to set a target date and if and if we can't get anything done by this particular target date, we're just going to you know, call the 2020 season the wash. That's for hockey. That's for basketball. That's for baseball. You know, and, and to the, the NFL to a certain degree. 
you know, what are you going to do? I'll say this, where it goes, you know, I mean, the NFL would be the only one that would stand the best chance of coming back and having a full season when you look at where their season starts. However, with basketball, even if you wind up canceling an entire NBA season, when everything starts, starts to lay back more and more with the coronavirus, you're going to be looking to do something to get people to get get people watching uh, you know uh, again you know keep the interest there for the NBA so you'll wind up seeing some sort of special games done with with teams you might even see an all-star game happen happen just for the sake of doing one I'm I'm not mad at that I'm not mad at that I mean because you're going to have to do something but I mean as far as the league as a whole um you know I, I I'm you know we've been going through this whether it's the second week, third week, I don't know how many weeks it's been. But it gets kind of frustrating, man. You know, you and then you got people that are really maybe not might not even be in the mood to come back and play. We could call Anthony Towns from the Minnesota Timberwolves. His mom's is in a in, in a coma because of the coronavirus. So you're gonna have a lot of players out there that might not even be in the mood to want to come back and play. Not right now. So, I mean, I, I get it, you know. Um, and then there's, you know, a player, I think the Detroit Pistons, he's, he said he's recovered from the coronavirus. So, you know, it, it, it runs the gamut, man. So I, I just think that um, at this point in the game, man, we're in, you know, um, late March, we're supposed to be dealing with the NCAA tournament. Um, baseball season was supposed to start tomorrow. Um, we're still supposed to be in the middle of a, uh, of a very good, uh, almost classic, uh, definitely memorable NBA season. Um, you know, the NHL, you know, uh, the XFL, you know, Major League Soccer, you know, all of that. You know, we're supposed to be in the middle of that right now. You know, and it's a shame that, you know, we got to consider and consider strongly canceling. I mean, you know, not postponing, because that's what we're doing now. We're postponing everything. But the cancellation of a lot of stuff. Because, again, you know, you're pushing, you know, everything is getting pushed back. You know, Tyson Fury, um, Deontay Wilder fight was supposed to be July 18th. That got pushed back. So, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's just a lot of things, man, that's, that's going on it's not really even conducive to going ahead and having a, a, a particular, you know, a, a season because nobody's going to really, really be into it. Who are you playing in front of? Are you going to have these games with nobody there? Like, how is that going to work? How is this all going to work? You're going to have these championship, you know, uh, uh, games and these playoff matchups and things of that nature with nobody there? Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to deal with that. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think that they should get this thing, you know, nipped in the bud first. Let this coronavirus thing get nipped in the bud. Let it get dealt with. And then, we, you know, we go back to normal. And then that's going to leave room for the people who wanted to see, um, for example, the NBA season get pushed back to December. You know, 
Um, the Atlanta Hawks, they made a very, very uh, strong statement about starting the NBA season in December and having it run through June and have the NBA Finals in July. What really goes on in July anyway besides baseball and, 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 and NFL training camps? What's really going on in July? You know what I mean? The only thing going on in July with baseball that will have people's interest is going to be, of course, the uh, will be, of course, the uh, the uh, home home run derby and the North uh, Star game, right? Um, you know what? I, I you know I, I don't know, man. It's, it's just a whole bunch of things going on that kind of like um, takes your takes your spirit away, man. I know, you know, we you know we all big you know sports heads. And again, you know, we were talking behind the scenes a little bit, saying like, "Yo, I'm not really even in the mood to 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 really talk because there's nothing really to talk about." You know what I mean? Um, on a particular regular day, we would be chock full of stuff to talk about, but I don't think we would be talking about the Olympics. You know what I mean? But now that you know the Olympics are going to be you know canceled, postponed, whatever, however you want to slice it, now that's kind of like the topic. We have to talk about that. Um, along with, you know, what's going on in the NFL and, you know, uh, college football and, and, and basketball. And the thing that really bothers me, man, is like, you know, for me, and I don't know if, if, if this is the same, goes the same for you or people out there that's listening, I've never experienced a, a season since I've been really aware and keeping up with sports, and this has been a long time, that, you know, that Final Four has been canceled. I remember, you know, there was no um, there was no World Series in 1994, okay? And we still talk about, we still have conversations about who was going to make that World Series. Was it going to be the Montreal Expos against the Yankees? I think the, the Yankees would have beat the Expos. That would have been a great World Series. But I think the Yankees would have beat them. Um, you know, and, and, and those things are, are, are good and fun to have talks about. I mean, it was a strike and... You know, that was, you know, between the owners and the players, they had to deal with that. But this is this is different. This is just dealing with a, um, a serious health issue that you really can't do nothing about. Um, and, you know, the, the, you know, the numbers are going up every day. Um, you, know, we on a, you know, we on a standstill. There's nothing moving out here. Nothing is moving. And, only, you know, the only way you're supposed to be out there is if, you know, you're essential and you have to carry papers in your pocket. This is crazy, you know. And it, it just kills the it kills the entire mood and vibe, man. So nobody really wants to even, you know, uh, have discussions about sports. Um, and that because there's a lot of you know bigger things going on, man. Lot, much more bigger things going on than you know, um, you know, the sports world, man. But um, that's why we're here, man. We're here to chop it up with you, man, and and um. Really, just kind of like have some fun with it, and 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 just kind of like you know, just give everybody's you know opinion on what on what they think. Um, I brought up you know the the World Series in Christmas at Christmas. Um, Scott Boris, who is a a player agent, okay, you know, and some people say he's you know baseball's most prominent agent. He's got a lot of you know stars that are you know very well compensated. Um. He said, you know, he submitted a proposal for a 162-game season and a 144-game season. 
to Major League Baseball for their consideration. The most interesting dynamic to their plan is that the World Series would run, I mean, excuse me, the postseason would run through December with a potential Game 6 of the World Series taking place on Christmas Day. I know, I know it sounds, it sounds weird, but check it out. The postseason would be hosted in three California stadiums, Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium, and Petco Park. All right, in L.A., further down the road in L.A. and San Diego. And eight other dome stadiums. So you got Miami, you got Seattle, you got Arizona, you got Milwaukee, you got Toronto, you got Houston, St. Petersburg, and Arlington. Remember, the Texas Rangers have a new stadium. It hasn't been opened yet. All right? And it's supposed to have a, um, it's supposed to have a, a roof that can open and close. All right? Um, it's unclear which stadium would host the World Series under this particular proposal. But again, man, um, again, doing that, you know, it probably would you know, necessitate pushing back the 2021 season. And basically, you have to redefine when baseball season is supposed to take place. You know, so again, you know, and it's just, this this thing is just throwing a whole monkey wrench into everything and um, the stuff that we've been used to seeing for 25, 30, 40, 50 years is not going to happen. And um, again, man, um, I can't imagine them playing the World Series on Christmas Day. That uh, it, it can't say it makes no sense because there is a way to do it, and if it had to be done, then it would be done. Because we've seen, um, you know, baseball games happen at neutral sites, you know, because of you know something another go down at, at a particular stadium. We've seen, you know, the Yankees and the Mets have a doubleheader, one at you know at, at, at Shea and one at Yankee Stadium. So, again, you know, we've seen, you know, wild stuff happen in the world of sports, but I don't think it gets any wilder than this, man. And we're just going to have to, you know, ride it out and make sure that, um, you know, everything, you know, everybody's healthy coming back. First of all, that's the main thing. You know, um, the rest of it will end up taking care of itself because there's a lot of smart people out there that, you know, know how to do this and the logistics would be crazy but they'll figure it out, you know. But um, that's, that's basically that, man, as far as that's concerned. But uh, I think, you know, we go back to what we talk about with the NFL and the you know, upcoming, you know, the NFL draft is supposed to take place sometime, you know, next month. And um, a lot of things that are out there that, you know, still need to be, you know, dealt with, okay. Um, Jameis Winston doesn't have a team. You know, Cam Newton doesn't have a team. You know, um, how happy is Deshaun Watson, you know, down there in Houston? You know, after what went on with, with um, you know, um, DeAndre Hopkins. You know what I mean? You know, so, again, it's a lot of things going on, man. And, and then you got people talking about that the, the uh, draft, the NFL draft should be postponed. So, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just we're just in a – you know, topsy-turvy state right now. Nobody really knows what the hell is going on or what the hell is going to happen, you know? Um, For my hockey people, I ain't forget about y'all, man. 
I mean, we talk a lot about what's going to go on with football and what's going to go on with, with basketball and, and baseball. Um, what are we doing? What are we doing with, 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 with the NHL, man? Uh, are they considering playing, you know, their games in the summer months, you know, playing ice hockey in July and August, you know, um, I think that if the NHL wants to come back and if they did come back, um, you know, I think that the plan might be for players to have a, you know, a, a nice little training camp in early July before finishing out the regular season. Cause a lot of teams have only like 10 to 12 games remaining anyway. You know what I mean? So again, um, it wouldn't be that much for them to play out those games. Um, then the playoffs will be held in August and September. All right. Then you have an off season for one month in October before the league begins again in November. So I think the NHL, you know, they, they, to me, they're ahead of the curve. They're at least they're, you know, trying to nail down some kind of dates and some kind of time frame for when they want their season to resume. You know, and um, you know, hockey has been. To me, hockey has been kind of ahead of the curve as far as, you know, doing, you know, the stuff that they need to do. Um, I think, you know, and it's just what it is, man. It's just what it is. And normally the um, NHL postseason would take about three months. So if the NHL wants to stick to that traditional Stanley Cup playoffs this year without the season carrying into September, they would need to begin their playoffs by July. And they could have a, you know, traditional playoff format, you know, one through eight, you know. Um, and I think that, first of all, it depends on when Gary Bettman and the NHL deems it safe and appropriate to return to action. Uh, you know, again, it goes back to the business aspect of it. They want to make money. Um, but I think that they would like to stick to as much normalcy as possible. So if they did have a normal playoff format, you would have eight teams from each conference qualify in a, you know, four-round best of seven, um, you know, best of seven series, okay? Um, I don't think that finishing the regular season and holding a traditional postseason would work logistically if the NHL wants to wrap everything up by September, you know? So I think that they would have to probably either get rid of a part of the season, or the entire, you know, just scrap the re- the rest of the regular season so they could just really jump right into the playoffs. So I think if the NHL is, you know, ultimately forced to forego the rest of the regular season and start the season back up with the playoffs based on the current standings, um, it's, it's likely that points percentage would be used to determine which seeds to make the playoffs. And what point percentage is, is the percentage of points a team has already had in the standings based on the maximum possible point total. All right? So for my hockey people, I got y'all covered, man. We're going to start this out in the East. All right? Traditional playoff format. It would be in the Eastern Conference. It would be the Boston Bruins, who won the Atlantic Division. They would play the New York Islanders who would be the second wild card. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they would be in second place in the Atlantic Division. 
would play Toronto, who would be third place in the Atlantic Division. Then we'd have the Washington Capitals, who would win the Metro Division, against Carolina Hurricanes, who were the wild card. And then you have the Philadelphia Flyers, who finished second in the Metro Division, against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who finished third in the Metro Division. That would be the East Conference. Now, in that series, you know, the Boston Bruins and the Islanders, the Islanders were kind of falling off, you know, as of late. And the Bruins are trying to find their way. So I think the Bruins would take the Islanders out in that series because, you know, I'm a big Tuka Rask fan. I like Tuka Rask. That's my guy. The goalie for the Boston Bruins. That's my man, Tuka Rask. All right? So Boston would beat the Islanders. Then you would have Tampa Bay against Toronto. The Tampa Bay Lightning trying to find their way, man, you know, and they, and they have a lot of pressure on them um, in regards to what happened last year. They won the President's Trophy, and then they got – you know, swept in the first round of the playoffs. I think a lot of pressure would be on them playing an up-and-coming Toronto Maple Leaf squad. Um, that would be a very, very good series. But I think Tampa Bay would, would win, ultimately. All right? And you got the Washington Capitals against the Carolina Hurricanes, a rematch of last year. All right? When Carolina and Washington played a, I don't want to say epic, but it was a classic series, man. Um, Washington did their numbers. I think that they would beat Carolina again. All right. Um, the Flyers against the Pittsburgh Penguins. If any year the Philadelphia Flyers want to get past Pittsburgh, it would be this year. The Flyers have been one of the hottest teams in the league, bar none. And I think that they would, you know, I think that they would beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we would have the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia. That would be the Eastern Conference semis. I think Boston and Tampa Bay would be a good series, or I think Tampa Bay would beat Boston. Just because I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning learned from last year, and they would they they don't want to let the same thing happen to them again that will happen last year in in the playoffs. All right, so Tampa Bay would beat Boston, and the Caps and the Flyers. You know what? I I, I mean I know that you know the Capitals have. You know that thing going on, but the Flyers are hot. So this would this would mean you playing one of the hottest teams in the league against a, a Capitals team that you know that's strong, strong up front. You already know what they deal with. Um, their goaltending is is decent, but I think the Flyers would have that momentum. So you would have the Eastern Conference Finals. You would have the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Philadelphia Flyers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, as far as the West is concerned, you have the St. Louis Blues Central Division winners against the Calgary Flames, who will be the second wild card in the West. All right? Then you have the Colorado Avalanche, all right, the uh, second-place team in the Central against the Dallas Stars, who are the third-place team in the Central. And you have the Vegas Golden Knights, who won the Pacific, against Nashville, who was a wild card. And then you would have Edmonton against Vancouver the two and the three in the Pacific Division. St. Louis Blues, defending Stanley Cup champions versus the Calgary Flames. I think St. Louis would sweep Calgary. The playoffs are a different animal. And I think St. Louis would be ready for it. You know, they had the defending champs. They know their way. They would figure it out very quickly against Calgary. Colorado against Dallas. That would be a very good series. I think Colorado would beat Dallas. 
I like the Avalanche been doing this season. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights against Nashville. You already know what it is. Vegas Golden Knights all day. Edmonton and Vancouver. I think that would be the best series out of all of them in the West. Um, I like Edmonton, but I think if I have to pick a, a, a upset, I would pick Vancouver over Edmonton. All right? So we would have, in the West, we would have St. Louis in Colorado and Vegas against Vancouver. All right? Those would be the semifinals. All right, for the Western Conference Finals, we have, whew, I think the St. Louis Blues would beat Colorado. That would be that would be a seven-game series. St. Louis and Colorado with seven games, and Vegas over Vancouver in five. So in the Western Conference, we got St. Louis and Vegas. In the Eastern Conference, we have Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. I think... In the East, let's give it to the Flyers. They're the hottest team, man. They're the hot team. So I give it the Flyers in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Vegas Golden Knights. So that would be the Stanley Cup Finals. The Philadelphia Flyers against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, what would be some complications and concerns in regards to the short offseason in the NHL? Um, first of all, you're going to have to find some ice in the hot summer months. It's going to be really, really crazy, especially teams that play in the warmer weather, weather cities. There's going to be a lot of humidity going on. Um, you know, the ice might not be at its optimum level. Um, you know, ice crews would have to be extra diligent in, in getting the ice ready for those particular series. You know, they're going to get a lot of action, you know, so they would definitely have to make sure that everything is ready. You know, you don't want soft ice out there, players getting hurt. Um, secondly, what a shortened off season would do is it would prevent a very difficult, it would present, excuse me, a very difficult turnaround for a lot of players, um, especially those who made, you know, a lot of deep runs in the playoffs. Um, typically, the NHL offseason lasts about three months. You know, some people get hurt. People deal with, you know, ailments and stuff like that. You know, cutting that, you know, uh, one or two-thirds of that recovery time could have a lot of, you know, implications for players and teams going into the next season. But, again, you know, you got players like um, my man from the St. Louis Blues um, who had a um, heart issue during a game. Um, Jay Bowmeister, he would get extra time to recover. So that would be a positive as far as that's concerned. He would have extra time to um, recover and get right. But, yeah, man, I, I just think that um, it's throwing a whole monkey wrench into a whole lot of stuff. And um, it's, just, it's just what we deal with right now in, um, you know, 2020. And how we how we look at things and 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 how we um how we even you know accept things you know some people don't can't accept the fact that there's no sports going on or you know they they're at home with their kids and um there's no school to send them to there's not even work for the parents to go to they have to work from home 
and the kids are there, and it's really, really crazy. But um, again, man, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's what we're dealing with in life, you know, and I hope everybody's, you know, maintaining and doing what they need to do. But there is, um, you know, a silver lining, if you want to call it that, in, um, you know, some of this. And that talks about, that, that, that involves the XFLs. All right. A few players in the XFL have been, um, have gotten looks in the NFL as far as that's concerned. And, and hopefully we could talk about a couple more players that, you know, could get looks in the NFL. And, um, you know, PJ Walker was a name that a lot of people talked about. He was, uh, um, already in the NFL as a, you know, former backup in Indianapolis, you know, um, T.J. Walker was, you know, he was, you know, might as well wrote his name on the MVP award already. He led the XFL with 1,338 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, just four interceptions. All right. Um, but the last couple of weeks, he threw a couple of bad interceptions, you know. But um, he showed enough talent with his arm and his mobility. He had 104 yards and 17 carries in the first four weeks of the season. You know, that, you know, a team, you know, could probably take a, you know, take a flyer on him. You know, seemed like he looked like he might be a nice, you know, backup to Kyler Murray in Arizona. But he can also fit in Carolina where um, Matt Rule, you know, his coach in college just took over that head job there in Carolina. All right. Um, P.J. Walker's top receiver, Cam Phillips. He was undrafted out of Virginia Tech back in 2018. He hooked up with the Buffalo Bills as a free agent, spending, you know, some time on the practice squad. Um, he did get into a couple of games on the active roster, making, you know, one nine-yard catch. He did the same thing in week four of the XFL season against the um, Dallas Renegades, catching one pass for nine yards. But, um, again, Cam Phillips is the best receiver in the XFL by a mile. He finished the season with 31 catches, 455 yards and nine touchdowns. All those are league high numbers. All right. Um, he had back to back three touchdown games in week two and three. He, he ended the year with uh, 10 catches and 122 yards and two touchdowns. So, again, you know, he might, you know, or he should actually get a look. All right. And he should appeal to any teams that has a need at wide receiver. <laughs> You know, but one place where he could compete for playing time early could probably be Las Vegas. You know, but the Raiders, you know, they're heavily connected to the incoming rookie class in the first round of this draft. Um, Dietrich Nichols, okay, he signed with the Cardinals in 2018 as an undrafted free agent. Okay, um, he's 25 years old. He proved to be an impact defender, um, doing his numbers on the defensive side, five tackles, one sack, one interception, two passes defended in week one. Then he had five tackles, including one for loss the next week before he had eight tackles in week three. He had two interceptions in week four. So, again, in total, he managed 24 tackles. He had three interceptions six passes defended, and three tackles for a loss and a sack. So if you could throw a dart and just pick 
any NFL team, and you could find a team that needs more depth in the secondary. And I think that Nichols, you know, did enough in five weeks to earn a, at least a look at the next level. Jordan Tamu, all right, um, you know, he was you know dealing with the Houston Texans, you know, last year before um, doing you know doing this thing with the XFL. He got undrafted out of Ole Miss, but he couldn't make the final cut. Um, and but he did lead one of the league's most efficient offenses in St. Louis. All right, um, he did his numbers. He had 217 rushing yards of 41 carries. That's a total that would have ranked 14th in the NFL among quarterbacks, even though it only came in five games. You know. Um, mobility is you know, becoming more of a, a desirable trait over the last few years with quarterbacks. You know what I mean? If you haven't been paying attention, go back and look at Lamar Jackson's, you know, tape from Latin, you know, 2019. Um, you know, I mean, could he be a fit for the Baltimore Ravens if the Ravens don't keep Robert Griffin III as a backup to Lamar Jackson? All right. Um, Kavon Walker, defensive tackle. All right. Um, he was on the New York Guardians. All right. Um, he was a force in the middle of the defense. He led the league in sacks of four and a half. He had nine quarterback hits. All right. Um, and, you know, he did his thing, man. So, again, some of these guys, man, you know, you, you never know. You know, you got to put in work, man. You put your work in, you never know what could happen. And, you know, even though the coronavirus and, um, what we're dealing with right now is is a bad thing, you know, in the in, in the bigger picture, but it could you know prove to be a blessing in disguise for some you know XFL players. All right, yo, we're about to get out of here, man. All right, this is uh, after further review, Hump Day Coronavirus Edition. I just talked as much as I could talk, man. I just hope that uh, everybody, you know, um still practicing this social distancing thing. You know what I mean? And, um, again, man, prayers go out to, you know, um, you know, everybody out there that's dealing with this, man. You know, um, Carl Anthony Towns, moms, and a couple of players. Uh, my man, um, Green, they played at St. John's. He passed away from the coronavirus. All right? He was a, he was a guard at St. John's uh, a few years back. And um, he passed away from it. So it's getting serious, man. And it's all, it, you know, it's been serious, but it's really real. And like we said a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it seems like that's what's happening. So um, hold on to your people, man. Check on your people, man. Check on, you know, the older people. You know what I mean? Make sure that they're good. You know what I mean? Make sure that the babies are good. You know what I mean? Make sure that you're good. And um, do what you need to do, man. We'll get at y'all definitely Tuesday night. Uh, we'll be back in the building, and uh, we're going to have our um, pre-coronavirus uh, World Series, pre-coronavirus NBA Finals and all that good stuff, man, all right? So um, for all of us here at the Action VR Network, man, that's my man Bob James, you know, Chuck Skull, Miss Cat, Sonny Cruz, the whole unit, everybody, man, uh, Mike Summers, you know, just, you know, do what y'all do, man. We want to see y'all here. Um, back next week, man, and all that. And hopefully, man, uh, we're on our way to getting this thing back, man. We're one day closer to getting it back, all right? Mr. Mayor, get at me on Twitter, 
at RM Desk. Get at me on Facebook, man. Um, I'm going to go into my little cocoon right now, man, because I'm, I'm really messed up that, you know, baseball season not going to start on time. And um, you already know what it is. If you follow us on, on Facebook, man, we got the we got the baseball thing popping, so you ain't got to miss nothing. The Yankees and the Orioles have played uh, three games already. The Yankees won the first two over Baltimore, and um, they won two out of three against Tampa Bay. We're going to get that posted up on After Further Review, all right? Um, Bob, anything you want to say before we get out of here, my guy? I'll just say this. Um, 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 be on the lookout. Keep up with uh, what's going on on Action VR Network. You never know what we're going to do. We are still going to hold our NFL uh, draft party, which will be the highlight, hopefully. And uh, I know you'll be making uh, your appearance on that one as well, too. So. so at least something will still go on that is a tradition here, at least on the network. No doubt. So. It is a good. It is a good thing, and um, let's hope we let's hope this coronavirus uh, pandemic will uh, end sooner than later. Absolutely. Let's pray to God because God's the only one that knows what's going to happen next. Absolutely. So, yo, for Bob, for everybody else in the Action VR Network, man, we want to send a shout out to Spreaker for holding us down. We're about to get out of here, man. We will talk to y'all Tuesday, all right? Mister Mayor, I'm out. Peace. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rates. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. 
We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. Hi, this is John Thurio. So if you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today.